2: welcome to ask an attorney the law office is now open if you have a legal question about florida law give us a call matter, baby. The matter, baby. Matter. in hillsborough 990 wfla pinellas 461 wfla and statewide call toll free at 1-800-969-wfla
1: Hey, good morning. Welcome to Ask an Attorney, All About Florida Law. I'm Attorney Joe Pippen, practicing attorney. The law office is open. If there's anything I can do for you, all you have to do is to uh, dial a toll-free number. So it's 1-800-969-9352. Again, I'm Attorney Joe Pippen, uh, practicing attorney, host of Ask an Attorney, All About Florida Law for 36 years, started in 1984. I think it's the longest-running continual program in Florida, and I'm glad to be here. If you, uh, your question, it's a live show. Today is May the 3rd at 6.07 in the morning, and again, all you have to do if you have a legal question uh, is to call the toll-free number 1-800-969-9352 your questions can be just about anything it can be about what's going on with the virus maybe some of your rights are affected it can be about estate planning lots of people are coming in and making changes and doing their estate planning for the first time it's uh, something everybody should do and a lot of people are even more concerned about estate planning than ever before just because of uh the virus and what's going on and they see the headlines every day people are passing away people need people to do things for them, power of attorneys, healthcare surrogates, living wills, uh, all of that's very, very important. always like that first call coming in. Again, it's May 3rd, 2020, 608 in the morning. You're listening to a live Ask an Attorney all about Florida law. If you have a legal question, all you have to do is to call 1-800-969-9352, one 800 969 9352. And phone lines are open. A lot of our clients uh, ask, are you still working? Can you still see clients? How how do you do that? How do you comply with the uh, social distancing rules? Are you an essential business? And Florida's starting to open up a little bit, but yes, uh, elder law and estate planning law are essential business categories. Uh, We can comply with I talk to uh, a lot of times, it doesn't have to be this way, but a lot of times we talk to our first appointment on the phone. And the first appointment uh, we do, an, like the same interview that I would do in the office. And the office uh, interview on the phone just goes, I asked you the standard questions I would normally ask you. I get your uh, information. We talk about different issues and different ways on how to do things. And then I mail out drafts, so the drafts um, would be for you to read at home and look at things and study things. We usually then have another phone conversation, and then uh, make whatever changes, if any, you want to make, and then we send you the documents. If you would like to uh, do some estate planning or even changes to your estate plan that way, all you have to do is to, uh, to call and let us know. So our office number is 1-800, this is the office now, not the radio show today. The office number is 1-800-226-3529. If you want to contact me directly, I do work remotely now some, so the cell number is 727-667-3967. So we have, uh, I was talking to a client yesterday that had just come in from New York, actually. And they're being quarantined for uh, 14 days before they can go out and about. And they wanted to get their state planning documents done because uh, in a couple of weeks they're getting ready to go back to New York. they wanted to, now they're Florida residents. Everything is gonna be Florida. They asked me how to become a Florida resident. You know, if you get a driver's license, voters card, that's a first step. You can do a lot of other things. You can change your, when you do your federal tax return, you use your Florida address, of course. You have church memberships, you have credit cards, things like that. You change the address on all of those. All of those uh, add to being a Florida resident. But basically, the Florida residency is based on intent. You don't have to be here six months or You don't have to be any certain amount of time. It's just your intent and all these things you do, driver's license, voter's card, change your address on everything, maybe join a church, uh, have fitness memberships, all those things in Florida that you can prove that you've done, add to it. Hey, I'm Attorney Joe Pippen. You're listening to a live show, Ask an Attorney. It's a show where you can call in and ask your legal questions. We're on 970 iHeartRadio every Sunday morning at 6 o'clock. The law office is open at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning. And all you have to do if you want to be part of the show and call. And your question does help other people. So your question uh, can be, you can do that on a toll-free number, one 800 969 9352 800 969 nine three five two and the law office is open so this new york uh resident who just recently came down to florida who's been quarantined for 14 days found out about me through a neighborhood website where all the uh people on the website can comment about businesses and who they recommend and so forth i'm, I'm on several of those it seems and they got my name there so we had a little chat on the phone about things and then i asked them the information they uh and i had another client with almost the same circumstances they're new york resident the first interview went um great i got all their information it was a long time first marriage they had two children wanted to leave everything equally uh the children were you know of age financially sound decision makers and so forth so so that one was fairly easy the next one they had minor children and during the conversation you know one of the questions when you have a minor child is who the guardians would be who would raise your children who would you want the court to appoint as the legal guardian to be in charge of the children and they had never thought about that believe it or not here we are talking about estate planning when you have minor children, that's a very important uh, part. And they had not really decided between the two of them. So, and the other question is, who do you want to be the financial manager uh, to manage the money till they get to a certain age? All those things are important in estate planning, and particularly if you have young children, those are big, pretty big major decisions. If you have a legal question, the phone lines are open be more than glad to help you this morning, and all you have to do is to uh, dial a toll free number to get your question in and get your question started here and be our first caller 1 800 969 9352. 1 800 969 9352. You're listening to Ask an Attorney All About Florida Law. I'm Attorney Joe Pippen here to talk about your legal issues, your legal problems. Somebody asked me, well, who listens to a legal show and who's going to call in at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning? And my answer generally is someone who has been uh, worried or concerned or couldn't sleep as well as they usually do about some legal issue in their life. Maybe somebody's treating you wrong or is not doing what's proper or maybe someone's taken something from you. Maybe you're a next-door neighbor. It could be on the job. <clears throat> it could be just about any uh, legal issue you have. All right, we have attorney John Frazier on the line here. John is our uh, Medicaid VA attorney, and good morning, John. Hi,
5: hey Joe. How are
1: you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling in. So what, uh, what topic have you chosen for us to discuss today?
5: Well, today I was going to talk about an issue related to the coronavirus, uh, which we've all heard about for several months now. Um, If, for example, a person uh, contracts the coronavirus or another illness or has an injury and has to go to a nursing facility, uh, the average cost of care is about $9,500 per month. And there are some nursing facilities charging up to $16,000 per month. So most families can't afford that even if they had a million dollars in the bank. So the question would be is if you contracted an illness or had an injury that caused you to go to a nursing facility, either you or your spouse, would that uh, cause you to have to file bankruptcy? And I think the question is absolutely not as long as you uh, use the proper planning techniques uh, to protect your assets, uh, make your assets exempt. And then the Florida Medicaid program uh, can cover your stay at the nursing facility.
1: So, and, uh, somebody. In Florida, would... we have a... Yeah,
5: go ahead. Uh, well, here in Florida, we have an extensive number of uh, asset protection strategies, uh, depending on whether you're single or married. And uh, even though most of my clients exceed the asset limits in some cases by millions of dollars. There are certainly opportunities to get people on Medicaid uh, when they're, you know, even millions of dollars over the Medicaid asset limit.
1: Yeah, and of course, you, we've done that many times for many clients, and John has over thousands of cases where we can move assets around and protect them and put them into non-countable exempt categories so a person can preserve their legacy, leave uh, assets for their children, have a legacy there and maximize so they can get to government uh, for government benefits. And if you think about it, you've paid into the government system for many, 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 many years. You get elderly, have to go in a nursing home. There are benefits there that you can just maneuver. And uh, John is very good at moving assets around into non-countable categories and protecting them for you, for your – for your use while you're living, but in a non-countable category that just doesn't disqualify you for Medicaid. John, also, I had a client I think I referred to you this week. I think it was this week, where there's only you know thirty, forty thousand dollars in the estate. And during Ooh. my conversation with the client, could it be we can you can protect a lot of money, or you can protect the thirty or forty thousand that's left. And they might have paid a nursing home bill for a month or two, and says, well, you know, I've got, I've got. Uh, enough money to pay four more months in the nursing home, and then I qualify for Medicaid. So a lot of people think you have to spend down totally to qualify.
2: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
6: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
6: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>
1: For Medicaid, so I sent them over to you, and you can do several options you have: personal service contracts. There's some other. Uh, they can, if they had a home, they could maybe repair the roof and things like that. There are a lot of different things you can do that are non-countable things that they still qualify for Medicaid.
5: Yes, and I, I think some people don't even realize that the Florida homestead is exempt up to almost six hundred thousand dollars, and my typical client does not have a house that's worth uh, nearly that, you know, for the most part. Uh, we've had some, you know, some tragic situations where people hear about a $2,000 asset limit and, and it's a married couple and they think, well, they have to spend down to less than 2000 for both of them. And by the time they get most of the way there, then they find out, well, there's actually a significant asset limit for the spouse that's living in the community which is 128,640. So I think it's very important to speak with an experienced elder law attorney to find out exactly what we can and can't do under Florida law, because literally I'm having people call me every week saying you know, I've I've talked to several different non-attorneys about all this, I've gotten a different answer from each one of those individuals and I'm completely confused. And so I think it's very important to speak to somebody who's got significant experience uh, in terms of asset protection and Medicaid planning.
1: Yeah, and John. One of the important things uh, for a client to have. So, if we have a client listing, or maybe even a son or a daughter listening, is one of the first steps is to make sure that the son or daughter, or whoever the person in the nursing home really trusts, is to have a power of attorney, because that Very power free. attorney is the. Yeah, and the power of attorney is critical. The document itself is critical because there are certain ways to. Uh, people do online power of attorneys. I mean, they go to uh, an online website or go to Office Depot and get a form or something, or just, and then they try to do it themselves. And then when it comes time to do the Medicaid planning, the, the powers that we have uh, that we need to do the planning are not there. So if they go to an estate yep. planning elder law attorney to get that power of attorney done, um, that's going to be very helpful to you in getting them. The benefits that we can get for them
5: yes and it's very very frustrating because as you know every week we are dealing with this issue where we're seeing powers of attorney done either by a non attorney or by, by, done by a florida attorney that's not aware of the 2011 power of attorney statute and in about uh 25 of my cases we need what is called a qualified income trust and if the florida attorney does not use the the correct form after 2011 we cannot set up the trust and we absolutely must do a new power of attorney and unfortunately some of my clients several years after they signed the power of attorney have lost capacity and then we need to set up a guardianship which is a very expensive time-consuming process so it's a, it's a critical yeah. thing this power of attorney
1: yeah i know we had uh, we had quite a few cases in april where the person that we were trying to help get medicaid did not have a power of attorney so we have a way where we can create the power of attorney, organize everything. Uh, I know I've done this uh, several times myself. You take the document to the person. You basically have to stand outside of the nursing home looking through a glass door where the client and uh, two witnesses or at least one witness, because the notary in that case, if it's you know me, I have I can be the witness and the notary and then the client signs in front of uh, one of the witness and we've actually I know we had quite a few cases just in April where we were able to go to the uh, nursing home and get a document done so the client could then proceed uh, the, the client and their family could proceed with getting the Medicaid so somebody saying oh my gosh yeah, yeah. I don't my my mom's in the in the nursing home and doesn't have a power of attorney well we can we can orchestrate all that and, and make that happen and she's competent to sign the document anyway so
5: Yes, and in several right. cases, it was actually at the request of the nursing facility, uh, where they have someone there and they, they have a problem with a power of attorney or they don't have a power of attorney, and then using the, the proper social distancing and under you know medical guidance, we're able to safely do that.
1: John, have you had any cases where somebody gets this stimulus check and that amount of money uh, would yes. put them over the money they can have? So yes, what I, happens I, with that?
5: Uh, yes, that's not treated as income. It's treated uh, really as a, an IRS refund. So we certainly have clients over the years who have received a refund. And so uh, basically you just put it into the person's checking account and you can spend the money. Actually, I think that there are, uh, there are more flexible rules. Most of the time we need to bring that money back to less than 2000 before the end of the month. But because of the nature of, of what's going on right now, uh, there's more time now to spend that money. But at some point, that money needs to be spent down, and the person on Medicaid can actually keep that money.
1: So, John, I had a question yesterday on one of my radio shows where a person called me. They weren't on Medicaid, so it really wasn't a big issue. But they had a, a one check issued from the government to themselves and to a spouse with the words deceased after the spouse's name. And they were asking me if they should deposit the check or not. And that's an interesting question. I had to kind of think about that one. That caught me a little bit off guard because I've never had that question before. But since uh, the money was, yeah, the government is sending out checks to deceased people. Can you believe that? (laughs) Interesting, interesting. So anyway, I think I think it ended up that she was going to deposit the check with the idea that the IRS is going to come take the money back soon anyway, so she wasn't going to spend it all. Because so.
5: yeah, they had a the joint account. That, you know. Yeah, that does happen sometimes, where the IRS, if uh, I'm, I'm sorry, if, uh, if Social Security deposits a check, and then sometimes it's actually taken out of the bank account by Social Security when the person passes away.
1: All right, John, somebody out there says, well, gee, I didn't know all about this, and I should be trying to protect my assets or protect my parents' assets who are in a nursing home. How do they contact you to get more information?
5: Well, we have a free case evaluation for everyone who calls. Uh, the office number is 727-586-3306, extension 104. Uh, my local cell phone number is area code 727 5, 3, 7, 4. And my email address is John, J-O-H-N, at dot
1: right. And if anyone uh, needs that, you can also contact me, and I'd be glad to repeat some of that. And if you uh, would like to do some Medicaid planning, John's uh, certainly one of your choices to be able to talk to. And John's been with the firm a long time, so on, uh, like I said, over a thousand successful cases probably more than that but I don't know the exact number John thank you so much for calling in today you have a great Sunday all
5: right you too thank you all right
1: Mm -hmm. thank you bye-bye you're listening to ask an attorney all about Florida law I'm attorney Joe Pippen if you have a question for me this morning you have a toll-free number 1-800-969-9352 that's 1-800-969-9352 phone lines are open like your calls, because your calls help you and help other other people, so we certainly will t- take your call and do the best we can in trying to get your point in the right direction. If you would like to contact our office for uh, an appointment, or we have a free estate planning poster sheet we send out to clients. It's a large double-sided poster sheet, five articles on about estate planning on one side. On the other side of the uh, page are all our office locations around Florida. We have multiple office locations. Uh, We have two offices in Pinellas County, two offices in Hillsborough County, two offices in Polk County. We have an office in Lakewood Ranch. We have an office in Trinity Pasco. We have an office uh, over in Lakeland, Davenport, Claremont. Leesburg, the Villages, we have offices uh, over toward uh, Daytona up to Jacksonville. If you would like to contact us for a free consult, uh, we'd be more than glad to answer questions, meet with you, and discuss how to do certain estate planning or Medicaid or um, asset protection strategies. There's no charge for that. And again, you have a toll-free number you can call uh, our office at one 800 969 9352. That's 1 800 969 9352. If you want to email me, it's uh, Joe, Joe at attypip.com. If you want to text me, it's 727 667 Three nine six seven. If you text me, I need your name and address. If you want to make an appointment, again, you could just call that number or send me a text. 1-727-667-3967. Let's go to Andrea in Tampa. Hey, Andrea.
4: Hi. How
1: are you? What can we do for you today?
4: I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I have property that's in another family member's name. We just haven't gotten to transferring the deed over to myself. Um, and then since I've got the property, the, the home that's there, I allowed a contractor to go in to do some work on the home with a kind of a partial uh, rental lease agreement. And mm-hmm. since that person has breached the contract and I'm in an eviction process, I've done the seven days uh, to cure and then I did a seven day to vacate and now I know I need to go to um, taking it to the courts. However, because it's not in my name, I'm technically only the landlord. Is there a way that using a power of attorney I could represent the, be the plaintiff in this case?
1: Yes, yes, that's possible. If you want to stay uh, stay on. We'll be glad to talk to you more. We've got a, a news breakdown at the bottom of the hour, or if you want to call me okay. off the air, you can do that as well. Which would you prefer?
4: Either or, Wh- whatever works for me, you. You, you can call, you can you call my cell
1: phone or? later this morning. Maybe, yeah. He'll put you on hold, so just hang tight. Are right, you listening? You're asking an attorney all about Florida law. If you want to call the show, it's one 969- Nine three five two. You stay tuned for more of Ask an Attorney All About Florida Law
3: News. This is
2: Ask an Attorney on nine seventy. WFLA.
3: Now
7: it's a
1: All right, so you, you asked me all about the law. I'm attorney Joe Pippin, practicing attorney. The law office is open you have a legal question, you have a toll-free number, 1-800-969-9352.
3: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Jumba Casino
1: let's go back to andrea and are you still there i am okay so yeah so you were the person who signed the like the rental uh, agreement with the person that you're evicting as the landlord
4: I, I originally yes i created the lease um and the other family member who physically owns it um, was the one who signed it um, i prepared it and i've i've been listed as the I guess you would say the land agent throughout all of this. Um, But in what I've read after going through the the first few steps, if it's got to go to court, that the the person that would be the plaintiff is the actual owner. And I I did just recently talk to a deed attorney and, and we are in the process of just switching the deed over into my name, reapplying and having that filed. I'm just wondering if I can be listed as, the plaintiff in the case or do I need to wait until the deed is actually in my name.
1: Well I think you have a stronger case it's once it's in your name, but then the question is was the was the rental contract uh, was the rental contract part of the sale? So how much money how much money is this by the way? How much With money the, is owed? the
4: actual property? Yeah. So it was gifted to me. And that's why I I never really did anything. I've been sitting on it for about six months, eight months or so, and we just never did the the paperwork because the home needed renovation. So that's why I was looking to hire somebody, and this gentleman came forth and said that he needed needed a place to stay. So we kind of did a barter agreement, if you will. There was no rent that was due, um, but there were expectations that certain work needed to be done. And, and that's even beside the point, but I went back to go check the status of the work. And now there's multiple, what appears to be homeless people living in my house. And I don't know who these people are. It, it, it's, it's kind of a mess, <laughs> but he's allowed them to live there. So there's a, there's a big breach in contract and I just want them all to now move out. Um, and and right, so well, they've go ahead and, a lock on ahead and the property.
1: I think it's going to be easier for you to just to get the property transferred to you. As the new owner and the evict from there, the the current owner who hasn't transferred it yet could also sign in on the complaint and be present telephonically. It's not like they have to probably physically appear in court these days.
4: Okay, because um, if she is elderly, so I, I just fear like putting her through all of that, um, and I know she doesn't want to uh, be a part of it, so. Could I live
1: okay. we'll just yeah, the easier way to do it, then, or this? the best way for the most success, is just going to get it transferred to you, and then evict the people who, who don't even have okay. a contract. It should be easy to uh, evict them once you're the owner. Okay. And so if you, you go through the procedure and do it, and then you're not the owner, and some they hire some attorney to challenge it, it's just going to be a mess. It's going to be a lot easier for you just to become the owner and the victim. Okay. okay
4: so if I'm in that process and it hasn't been filed yet do you think that it, it would be okay to go ahead and start filing kind of simultaneously doing the the deed paperwork too because I know that that takes a couple of weeks to get filed or should I wait till that's complete
1: a deed could be done in a day and you know taken to the courthouse for a recording it doesn't have to take a couple of weeks I would just oh, okay. accelerate the deed the, the, I would accelerate the deed signing So everything else becomes easier. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. You're listening to Ask an Attorney All About Florida Law. If you'd like to call the show, you have a toll-free number, 1-800-969-9352. Phone lines are open. Let's go to Betty in Clearwater. Hey, Betty.
0: Um, Hey, how are
1: you? Good. What can we do for you?
0: I have a question about depositing the stimulus check. If you deposit it to the to your checking account, is that the same as having spent it?
1: Uh, no, no, ma'am.
0: How, Why do you ask that how question? How possibly I mean, you... can you show that you have spent it except that you cash it at the bank instead of? depositing it
1: why do you need to prove you spent it
0: because you said if a person passes away the IRS can take the check out of your bank account
1: well no if you're not okay
0: and so I have to look at all possibilities at this time before I deposit my that check that I received yesterday
1: well, no, you, you are living, so you're entitled to it. So they're not they're not going to come take it away from you. Uh, well, so why
0: did you say if a person passes away, the IRS can take the check out of your
1: bank no, account? No, no, you missed a little bit part of the, you missed part of the conversation. The person, the IRS wrote a check to a person who had already died. So they oh, weren't okay. entitled to, they weren't entitled to the money. That makes so because, it because that way. Yeah, yeah because they weren't entitled to I have to another them. question. Okay. What
0: liability does the state of Florida have in <laughs> regard to prisoners in state prisons and the coronavirus? I understand a lot of prisoners are starting to get the show positive for the coronavirus
1: and my son is now a prisoner in a state prison. Well, the, as you know, the, some counties have let people out, the, the nonviolent offenders, uh, they have let out be, because for the safety of the prisoners. So to answer your question, I think the state has a responsibility to keep the conditions in the prison safe. But on the other hand, they have the duty to take people off the streets that are uh, would do further harm to the community, and they do yeah. have some discretion on letting some some of the non nonviolent people uh, leave. Uh, it's it's really kind of uh, a new territory, though you know as far as that question goes, and different counties are operating in different ways based on the prison population and all kinds of other factors go into that question. So I don't think there's, uh, the answer to your question is they have a duty to keep prisoners safe in a good, uh, safe environment. Uh, and I think they're trying to do that by letting some of the nonviolent prisoners out for their safety.
0: But it's so. a county um, directed situation, not, not firm uh, rules from
1: the state. Not unless the governor passes some some rule about all this, what the criteria would be. Okay.
0: All, right, well, all right. Thank you very all right. much for your answers. I appreciate all right, your thank,
1: service. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Ask an Attorney All About Florida Law. I'm Attorney Joe Pippen, Practicing Attorney. We have about... Okay. My producer is talking to me through my headset here. I'll give that information in just a second. If uh, if you have a legal question, you can call our toll-free number, 1-800-969-9352, one 969 9352 My producer is telling me someone's calling and wanted to call Mr. Frazier. You can uh, do that by calling their office number, which is 727-586-3306. If you would like to talk to me today a little bit later on, you could call my cell or leave me a message and we'll get Mr. Frazier to, uh, to call you that way. And my cell number is 727-667-3967. If you'd like to send me an email to have Mr. Frazier call you, uh, you can do that at my email address is joe j o e at A-T-T-Y-P-I-P dot com. That's Joe at A-T-T-Y-P-I-P dot You're listening to Ask an Attorney All About Florida Law. We have about 15 more minutes in the show. If you'd like to call the show today, phone lines are open. You have a toll-free number 1-800-969-9352. That's one 800 969 nine three five two be glad to take your question be more than glad to help you and your question may very well help a lot of other people who are listening to the show and glad to do that some of the questions that we get about estate planning uh i have a person who called me long distance they have wills and trust and uh they have wills in other states And they wanted to know if there's a way that they could deal with just a Florida condo. You know, I have a lot of uh, over uh, out of country. I have European clients, Canadian clients, uh, clients from all over the place who own condos in Florida. All the time, they want to know: Is there a way I can keep my condo out of a probate situation uh, in Florida? They don't want the Canadians do have condos. They don't want their As a Canadian, they've got estate planning documents in Canada. So the question becomes, can I do a document to protect keeping their condo in Florida or their home in Florida out of the court system? Yeah, you can do, uh, I do wills and trusts all the time just for United States assets. So, for example, if a Canadian has a condo and they want to, you can have a will and trust that deal with just that condo. So their Canadian documents can stay in place, and we do a Florida trust to keep the uh, Florida condo out of probate in Florida. I have other clients in like California, Texas. They call me and they said, "I have a Florida property. I want to keep that separate. I don't want it to be come under the community property laws in my state. I want to have a separate trust. We've got a premarital agreement. Can I can I do that? Sure. There are ways to." Um, to do estate planning documents just for, particularly if you're a foreigner from another country, to keep all that out of probate in the state of Florida. Let's go to uh, Sam calling from Tampa. Hey, Sam. Hello. How are you? How are you, you, sir? I'm doing good. And you? I'm great. Well, good. What can we do for you?
7: Well, I received a letter yesterday from Social Security Administration, and uh, I have uh, a question about uh, what the next step is besides uh, talking to them. But um, the, apparently it says uh, we transferred your overpayment you received on a record as a child we will not recover the overpayment until October 2020. And the amount is like uh, under $500, but uh, apparently they're gonna take it out of my social security in um, October of 2020 for something that uh, my grandparents uh, adopted us when we were kids, my brother and I, and mm-hmm. uh, apparently uh, he was forced to retire and. It was on Social Security and apparently collected for my brother and I, whatever he could collect at that time, which was back in the 50s and 60s. And I'm not, you know, aware of any overpayment uh, or anything about it because he always got the the checks. I never got a check. So I don't know what the heck. I I did see an article. I looked up. I googled an article on it and uh, apparently the government has been trying to do this for years uh, send over payment or send letters 50 years later you know to try and collect somebody else's debt
1: yeah so um, I the best I could do for you Sam is to refer you to an attorney who specializes in Social Security uh, law uh, so my office doesn't practice exactly in that area so uh, Uh you could probably get a quick answer from the if you want to email me I'll send you an attorney's name that does social security law and then the question is somewhere if you want an attorney to do something um, you know that's going to cost so you're not going to probably you might still have to pay the money which doesn't sound like after all those years and it went to someone else they've they've reached the right person but uh, it's just an economic decision if you want to spend money with an attorney to try to object to that. But if you want to email me, yeah, it it's per- joe Joe at attypip.com. I'll send you to a Social Security. Hopefully, they'll talk to you for nothing a little bit and give you some advice on what to do about it.
7: Okay. Um, that was joe at attypip.com. Dot com? Yep. Yep. Okay, yeah, right. and it would probably cost more than this uh, four hundred plus dollars to
1: get. Yeah, well, attorney, maybe the attorney can give you some advice on what to uh, how to object to that, okay. and what uh, and what their experience with this case is. And I'm sure you're not the you know first one, and this has happened to other people. So I'm sure they probably have some experience in dealing with it. Uh huh. Okay. All right. All right. I'll All right thanks. That. Oh, All right. Bye bye. Thank you. All right, let's go to Kevin in Wesley Chapel. Hey, Kevin. it's so,
6: so great to talk to you this morning.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for calling. I, I
6: was just a kind of a semi-personal note here. I, I hope you don't get a bunch of stuff from me on Facebook, you know, because of my news feed. And you, you look at this crazy stuff that I put out there and you go, Ooh, who is this guy?
1: You don't get that, do you? no sir I'm, I'm good oh great so what can i do oh, for you so glad
6: um you know we're all locked out in our homes right now and uh you know it breeds a, a certain frustration everything like that and um so i'm just minding my own business checking my mail out and normally i don't pay a whole lot of attention to this stuff but you know right now you have a little more time to pay a little more attention to these types of things and um, one thing that kind of bothers me is the amount of bait-and-switch advertising that goes on. And, you know, apparently there's no harm, no foul. They think that they can just do this with impunity here in the state of Florida. And, you know, there's really nothing that can be done about it. Um, I've referred the matter on to the uh, state attorney general, and I think with all the things on her plate, it's most likely that um, that we hear back from, or if I do, it'll be years from now. But the specific situation is: is uh, they mail you a offer for home insurance, and you know, include and everything like that. It's specific to your property, your name, your property, square footage of your house. I mean, they're probably taking the information directly off the tax roll about you. And so it seems like, wow, you know, they've done a little homework here, and they know who I am, and, you know, they dwellings on my property. And so you look at it, and, you know, I mean, so I call them up, and I said, oh, this, uh, this seems like um, uh, an interesting offer here, but it probably sounds a little bit too good to be true. And I just want to, you know, Qualify you on this? Are you really saving people this much on their home insurance? Oh, yes, Mr. Wright, we're, we're saving people. all you know, this is what we're doing. Probably what right in the community actually <laughs> Yeah, because it seems like a little bit of a low ball offer, but, you know, if, if you're really doing this, I, I'd like to, you know, if, if I can be insured with you. Sure, just, uh, uh, give us all your name you know, and your information and your Social Security, and all, you know, it's, I mean, when you qualify for property insurance, it's a lot of information. It's not a
1: yeah. uh,
6: quick process. Maybe. So anyway, so they generate the quote, uh, and it's three times what was offered to me in the, in the
1: Kevin, Like you said, all you can do is report it to the state attorney or maybe... See if you can get one of the major news stations, uh, television stations or something to do a report on it. Or maybe report them to Better Business Bureau. But, you know, there's not a heck of a lot you can, other than that, you can do. Well,
6: it falls into the category, in my opinion, of preying on senior citizens and also, uh, yeah. you know, the the... Uh, Well, if you
1: know know of a senior citizen that's been burned by it, you can report them to the Department of uh, Children and Families for elder abuse. And maybe if you've already talked to the state attorney, it's an elder uh, abuse or taking advantage of elders is is definitely uh, a complaint. And then once you complain, they have to investigate it. So uh, it's better in that case if you have uh, somebody who's suffered a loss of it, though. But, you know, I appreciate you calling. All right, thank you. Thanks for Joe. calling, Kevin. All right, thank you. Bye bye. All right, you're listening. You ask an attorney all about Florida Law. I'm attorney Joe Pippen. Maybe you have time for one more call. If you want to call in, phone lines are open at one-eight hundred nine six nine nine three five two. That's one eight hundred nine six nine nine three five two. Phone lines are open. If you'd like to contact our office, again we are doing um free telephone consults about estate planning issues and maybe documents you want to have created, we, we interview you, send out drafts of the documents We as we discussed, then you agree to that's what you need, and there's no charge for that conversation. If you'd like our free estate planning poster sheet, again, if you want to call in, we have time for one more caller, I think, 1-800 is the call-in number, 1-800-969-9352, that's one 1-800- 800 969 nine, nine, If you'd like to uh have me call you to discuss uh estate planning we had one person call in just left their number with the radio that's fine station if you want to contact me directly my cell number is 727 that's um 727 Three nine six seven. If you'd like to uh, email me, if you'd like our estate planning poster sheet, you can text me your name and address to that number I just gave you. If you'd like to email me uh, requests for the poster sheet or an appointment, even you can email me at joe j o e at a t t y p i p dot com. That's joe at a t t y p i p. Dot com. If you'd like to um, call our office, we have a toll-free office number, and you can you could call and make a phone appointment, or you can call and just make a regular appointment. Either way, at 1-800 is the office number, 1-800-226-3529. That's 1-800 is the toll-free office number, one 800 226 3529 and you go to extension 200 again the text number for uh, either uh call me directly or send me a text at 727-667-3967 that's 727-667-3967 All right, so some uh, things to do during uh, this virus. I mean, uh, one of the things my wife and I are doing is we're having little Zoom parties. So friends that we haven't seen in a while, we set up a time and and, uh, have a little Zoom get-together. So you can't always visit. Maybe sometimes your friends live in a different state, or actually they could live a long way in Florida. They could live in Miami or or Tallahassee or something, you, you can call and actually uh, see and talk to them on Zoom. So if you have a laptop with a camera on it, you can uh, just set up a little conversation by Zoom. That's it's really cool. Uh, a lot of people do FaceTime and all kinds of other things. Zoom seems to be the most current, uh, most popular way to do it, but there are many, many other ways to do that. So that's always, always good. My wife and I have started walking around a lot in the neighborhood. <clears throat> After dinner, we'll take a long walk, and it's just amazing that you get to meet meet people. You keep your social distancing things, and a lot of things. You do keep. I think the idea is to keep yourself busy, give yourself something to do, always have something uh, planned uh, that's that's new. in this, and things are starting to open up a little bit, so things are going to get a lot better. Again, if you'd like to contact our office, uh, we have a toll-free office number. That's 1-800-969-9352. We'd love to mail you that a poster sheet. And I hope you have a... a, If you'd like to call my cell, it's 727-667-3967. And if you'd like to email me, it's joejoe at atty. That's abbreviation for attorney, atty. P-I-P, first three letters of my last name, Pippin, Joe at dot com. Hey, have a great and safe Sunday, and be back next week at the same time. So long.
3: The program was paid for by the law offices of Joseph F. Pippin Jr. and Associates. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a little.